Well, today on Test Plug, we have an interview with Dunn Bladeworks. Uh, Sam has been doing some really cool stuff for uh, quite a few years now. And uh, he's a new friend of mine from Ireland, from one Emerald City to the Emerald Coast. I also want to thank Jaden Rossnell for our intro and outro music. I'm really liking the way this is going. So listen to a little bit more while we see what Sam's been doing. one of these numbers all right awesome well sir how are you doing today i'm good how are you good i'm doing good doing good how's the weather there in ireland you know what it's terrible um been bad, <laughs> bad for a couple of days but that's why this place is so green so you can't have one without the other well i mean realistically i'm in seattle i don't know how different it is it's you know we've been in the yeah. In the lower climate, we got rain every other day. Um, you might feel right at home here. You know, I've actually been to Seattle, and they were selling those T-shirts there with the four seasons, you know, with the rain on each one of them. So, yeah, I got the picture from that that this place isn't too dissimilar to home. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. The um, there's some pretty good local uh, whiskey distillers in this area, and they have a natural peat. Oh yeah, they can could they farm out here? So they're making a real nice peaty, you know. I would say yeah. Scotch, but uh, you know it's not obviously, but it's it's a pretty good drink nonetheless. Mm -hmm. um, just because it's getting a lot of that same, it gets the ocean air, it gets uh, um, a lot of the same qualities that you guys get there in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, I've been following you for a bit. I think the first time I was exposed to you was through uh, Chris Jacobson. He was. Uh, Oh, one of yeah. my earlier interviews yeah and uh it was a contest i think for a knife i did not win by the way i uh <laughs> <laughs> and you've resented it ever since <laughs> i've resented it ever since but it has shown me some of your beautiful work so i've enjoyed watching some of that um were you into um art like as a kid growing up was something that you've worked on your whole life i, I don't suppose um art would be the word although I, I do think it's quite artistic now the knife making but i wouldn't have been into art you know um, i would never have taken it in school or anything like that but i would have always been into um working with my hands so like okay. woodwork, woodwork and metalwork and they were my favorite subjects in school you know um technical drawing and graphics like sort of design and I enjoyed that as well. So I, I suppose, yeah, I've, ever since I was a young fella, I've always been brought up with tools and um, being creative, making things. So, you know, the knife making, it, it sort of encompasses all of those skills because there's woodwork and there's metalwork and there's design. Um, and there's, there's loads of old, new skills as well, you know, like marketing and photography. And it's pretty it's pretty expansive, actually, when it, when it comes to it, you know. So. A little bit of everything in there did you um do construction there for work then for a while or i did for a couple of years yeah and um yeah so i did a bit of construction and a bit did a bit of welding as well for for where um we built our own house so like yeah we, we'd, we'd be we'd be that kind of family as well you know um if a job's needs doing 
you're better off to learn how to do it than than like try and just phone somebody. You, if if you can actually make a hand of it yourself, a respectable hand of it, do it. You know. So um, yeah, we we'd be big into that. How um how far into the city are you? How close are you to like your nearest city and stuff? Are you out of ways or <clears throat> our nearest city would be Cork City. Um, okay. We're right, we're right down the bottom of Ireland. If you can, if you can picture right down the bottom, and then as far over to the west as possible. Um, next up, America. That's where we are. We're about an hour and fifteen from Cork City, so we're okay. we're we're, we're a, a fair way out from the city. It's a proper rural terrain out here, you know, rocky and green. It's nice. Right, right. Is there a, a small city city that you're? closer like have grocery stores and stuff that you're close enough yeah, to yeah, yeah yeah so that, okay. so like we would have a village maybe about two miles away where you can get you know bits and bobs that you need but then the bigger shops would be about 20 minutes away bantry yeah so not too far and does like the whole city now own your sets of knives to to eat with and no um <laughs> i actually i actually have made almost no efforts to advertise my my work locally at all so i don't even know if anybody locally owns oh, a couple of people own them very early ones that i gave away you know and i was cutting my right. teeth um but yeah my knives are all over the world except for here <laughs> so it's, it's the power of instagram you know everything's through instagram you know they're going yeah you name the country and they're, they're probably not too far away from there. Like they're everywhere except here. Um, so what did it take to start? What did it take to start your first knife then? What was, what was your first inspiration that I'm going to do knives? Yeah. Um, so like before this, I would have been doing like cleaning and contracting. Okay. Be fairly, you know, you don't have to concentrate or anything like that. It's very different to what I'm doing now. Um, you just you just do your job and that's it. Whereas like when when my my work would run up to maybe about Christmas Eve, and then from Christmas Eve onwards would be like three weeks of doldrums, just nothing going on. Right. Everybody's off. Um, nobody's got any money, so nothing's getting done. And 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 like you know you're stuck in the house, you're doing nothing, and it's just bad for you, you know. So like I'd I'd had too I'd had too many years of this, and I and I I thought right this Christmas. With all these weeks off, I'm going to do something new. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. So I, I, I saw this YouTube video, um, Walter Sorrells, I think it was. And okay. he, he, was, he was making a knife from an old file, you know, from like a, a file. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, oh, yeah, and I've got one of them. Um, and I watched the video and I just thought, oh, I'll have a go with that. Like, you know, because I'm in no rush. Um, right. So that was it. I made my first knife from that. And... I, I kept track at the time, just out of interest, just to see like how long will this thing take me? And it, it took, I think right. it took sixteen hours to make it. <laughs> yeah, files are files aren't easy to grind uh, down either. No, but um, it was it was a really good exercise, and like you know, I learned a lot from, and I, I gained massive satisfaction from achieving it at the end of it. And at the end of it, you know, I was delighted with what I'd made. I look back now, and I think like, oh. <laughs> but, but that's that's part of that's part of learning isn't it that's part getting of, there you go <laughs> yeah organic growth that's what they call it <laughs> do you still have that knife i do yeah. yeah so i took it to a local knife maker after i finished it and and um rory connor his name is he, he'd be ireland's 
longest running knife maker. Um, okay. he, he trained in America with Bob Loveless. He'd be a fairly um, well-known knife maker in the world of knives. But um, I took it to him just to have him cast his eye over it. And he said, mm-hmm. whatever you do, don't get rid of this. You keep this knife. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. This it's, is the starting point. And like, even right. if you never make another one, don't, don't get rid of it. So I thought, okay. And he showed me his first one from 40 years ago. And I thought, right. well, there's something to this. So I kept it. It's, it's still in the shed. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Clean it up every once oil, oil it up every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've actually used it a couple of times. Um, at, at like let's say like a milestone like i i remember i used it at four years when i'd done four years i took it out and i put it next to the knife i'd finished that week you know at, at the four year mark and and you can get nice. good photographs good, good photographs through your social media to show contrast <laughs> i have improved look <laughs> yeah yeah you can see that <laughs> at least you hope there's some serious contrast there anyway yeah. i saw one fellas i saw one fellow do something similar and I didn't know which was the new one. So he he was going for the artistic look. That's yeah, what it maybe. Was, you know. <laughs> so how would you? How many knives do you say that you produce? I'm trying to think of a good time span, like over a month's time. What what is your normal production like? So, so um, like I suppose I, what my target would be. Um, two or three a week, so maybe 10 to 12 a month. Okay. <clears throat> that would be my target. If I can, if I can make like 100 a year, that's keeping pace, you know? I'm, I'm happy with good. that. Yeah, I'm happy with that. But um, at the same time, like it's, it's, um, it's more productive and, and the work is actually completed better if I do it in batches. So like, so I, I might, one week I might start maybe six knives or seven knives. And obviously that week I'm finishing none. Um, right. The next week I might finish one. And then the next week I might finish six. So like, oh wow. you know, it kind of piles up. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 so you work them sort of together, you know, and, and that way gotcha. on, av- on average it's two or three. Yeah. And um, that's, that's the plan. Yeah. I could, I could speed it up if I wanted to um, make more, but I think like just a couple of months ago, I decided rather than like trying to pump out quantity and like keep up with demand that way, um, I'll, I'll, up the, I'll up the quality and, oh, um, okay. and make less. Right, right. And, and you know, since, since I made that decision, um, obviously the quality improved when I made that decision, but my work went through the roof. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very interesting because I was trying to keep pace with what was coming in. But then as soon as I, I thought like, no, 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 I, I'm being rushed here by demand and it's not good enough. They can, like, with all due respect, they can wait. Um, and my work just went. Kaboom. Well, it really and did. that's it, it. Realistically, if you're paying, you know, and a lot of your knives are from like 150 up, like there's not really much you do that's under that. No. If you're paying that much for a knife, you're waiting for it anyways. You know, you're yeah, not you you're not just going to the local mall and buying, you know, something yeah. out of the countertop. Exactly. And, so and I, think- I heard a, a, a podcast about 12 months ago and, and the lad on it, he was really good at, you know, business and marketing. He's a knife maker. And he said, yeah. people love to wait. They, yeah. don't, they don't realize it yet. 
but they love to wait. Yeah. The anticipation. <laughs> yeah. The anticipation of something coming is, yeah, it's very right. rewarding. It's part of the purchase and it's part of the whole, yeah, yeah, the whole the whole drum up of enthusiasm for what you what they receive at the end of it. Um it is part and parcel of the whole business. So don't be afraid of making people wait. Like if they can't wait, they can go. You know, and and that's it sounds real hard and fast, but it actually works. It's good. It's funny, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with like Kickstarter and some yeah. of those programs. <clears throat> um there's stuff that you're not getting for another year out of there, mm-hmm. but it's just that initial like spark of interest that really is what feeds that whole concept. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, sometimes you never get the item. Yeah. I've never actually, I've heard of Kickstarter and I've, I've heard of a couple of successful Kickstarter campaigns that people yeah. have run. But yeah, I suppose there's always going to be a bit of collateral as well when people don't come up with the goods. <laughs> yeah. I've only bought a couple of board games uh, through it, and I guess I guess a couple camping items, I think. But um, it's got some stuff. It's a thing. Yeah. How would you say your process has changed from the beginning? Uh, as far as obviously your first one was just literally filing metal off of a file, but what yeah. is your process now, or what, how has it changed to now? Um. Well, that, you've hit the nail on the head, actually, because the, the name of the game is process. That's that yeah. is that's knife making for me. It, if when you boil it down, it's it's the sum of its parts in a lot of ways. You know, it's it's let's say thirty steps from start to finish, and if you can actually dial those steps in, you know, if if you're a process driven person, if you you think like that, uh, and you enjoy right. process, then then you know you've got a, you've potentially got a future in knife making because that's a big part of the game. How has it changed? Well, I suppose the, the biggest change to process for me would be um, in, improving my tooling. Okay. So, you know, you, when, when you've got limited tooling, your process is very limited and your, your scope of work is going to be very limited. Whereas, like, as time goes by, you get, you know, I, I bought a 2 by 72 belt grinder. Uh, well, first I made one, then I bought one, and I bought it another, <laughs> another one since. You know, um, yeah. instead of heat treating out of maybe like a forge, you heat treating out of an electric kiln, which is far more um, dialed in and allows you to do yeah. a, a better job, more variety, you know. You, you um, can control it easier. Yeah. And then like as, as you go as well, you know, your materials get better, your shapes get better, um, your edges get thinner. Just yeah. it's it's you're sort of building on every iteration. So, um, so are you um, hammering out your own metal like blanks, no. or are you? No. Okay. So yeah, there's sort of two schools of approach on right. Like, you can, you, you, what you're talking about there is like the forging side of things, where people are you know drawing stuff out on anvils and using a forge and hammers, and and then the the route that I I take um, because. The forge, and as much as I admire it, and, and I, oh, I absolutely do, like it's it's fascinating and stunning, right. and and it's like it, they can achieve something I can't achieve. You know, a certain look I can I can't get. Like, but um, the whole the whole package just doesn't appeal to me. It's just yeah, it's another thing. You know, um, <laughs> but, well, um, and yeah. realistically, you're do you're doing beautiful work without it. So it's not like it's a necessity. <clears throat> it's just a different style. Exactly. Of what? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, even like there yesterday, I shared some a little. Uh, a, I shared a page that I follow a, a lad in England, um, catch aside cutlery, and like his his stuff. It's all forged. It's almost forged two oh. dimension. It's forged so thin, and he's a master. Like he's he's gifted. Yeah. But it's it, you couldn't get further from my style, and yet I think right, it's, right. it's it's just brilliant. You know, um, whereas my style would be stock removal. So you you're buying in stock steel. At, at a set right. gauge, you're cutting out with an angle grinder, um, and you, you're going from there. You know, with your with your you're grinding on the two by seventy two and your heat treatments and all that. All that sort of things is the same. But you're just starting right. out with a, a sort of a pre-made sheet uh, rather than gotcha, gotcha. Eat, eating and beating. But I mean, in, but even like the heat treating and all that stuff, like learning that and how to how to perfect that just to keep an edge that you know will actually yeah. stay sharp. All that stuff is still way above my head on any of yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's incremental. It's the same, you know. When you start off, you you're sort of heat treating out of an open flame, and some lads stick with that, and some lads master heat treating out of a forge. You know, there's no there's no yeah. aspersion cast on that. Like, but um, but yeah, it's just it's just time in the saddle, really. Have so how long have you been doing this now? I think I've been. Uh, my wife always says I stick a year onto everything. So like. <laughs> We've been married seven years, I say eight. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I'm, I'm 30, I say, oh, I'm 31. I don't know. I, don't, I, would, I have a feeling I've been doing this coming up to about six years, but it's probably five. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So we'll say five and a half years. Have the um, availability of materials or the type of materials that are available changed quite a bit over that time? Yeah, it has actually, because when I, when I started out, um in america you 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 lads can get a, a vast array of materials and like good prices and it, it's it seems like you know we we look over from this side of the pond and we think like oh i'd love to live in america for all that but um when i first started there's a company there in england called ground flat stock um their range was was a lot more limited than it is now so like gotcha. materials were sort of hard come by Whereas nowadays, you know, the last three years anyway, they've really upped their game with stock and materials. And, it, you know, it's almost a one-stop shop now. It's great. You can, you can get so nice. much from them. Yeah, it's perfect. What's the turnaround time on getting the stuff in then? Oh, very fast. Like like, from them. Yeah, even together with a, a shipment from England to Ireland, it's still like two days. It's great. Really good. Oh, that's, yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, <laughs> And like you, you never really want to get yourself in a position where you you have to stop work because you haven't got stuff in, you know. So like you, yeah. you, you're apparently trying to stay a little bit ahead of the game with. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's construction mentality too. That's you know. Yeah. yeah. Can't so build like a house you, if you don't have lockdown, nails. Um, that first lockdown there when everything stopped, you know. Um, I I had a ton of stuff in, so I, I was busy. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Has um that affected anything otherwise for you as far as the i mean obviously life you know eating at restaurants and stuff like that we know that's you know a different thing but well actually in your area how how is it there is is the city pretty locked down or um the the irish people um it's okay to generalize this way because it's positive yeah the irish people are very <laughs> very respectful people very respectful ah, okay and, and and like there's no um 
if the law is is laid out, this is what we're, we're going to be doing, they will adhere to it, like, and, and gladly so, you know. So um, at the moment, we've got a five kilometer, I suppose, a three mile radius we're, that we're gotcha. allowed to travel in. Um, you're allowed to travel further than that to go to the shop and stuff, you know. But within reason, they want you to try and stay quite local and, and people are happy enough to do it, you know, um, yeah. which is good. So there's no sort of big kickoff or anything or protests or, you yeah. know, any dissent. Not like <clears throat> other, other countries. <laughs> 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 we, won't, we won't get too much into that. That's, yeah, uh... I, can't, I can't think of who you're talking about. <laughs> um no it's just it's interesting to see what other what other people have gone through with this because like we're looking now to go back into um the numbers have risen up so much again that we're looking like we're gonna have to lock things back up again yeah um i actually turned down a job this last week because i have an 87 year old father in the house that you know i can't <clears throat> he's not in bad health no but no I but can't that, really that's awesome. yeah no yeah so uh, I'm still doing podcasts for a while, I guess. Good. Do you know, it's, it's good to have something as well to keep your mind occupied and to keep engaged. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I've been able important. to meet some really cool people through this too. So it's, it's been really nice. Yeah. Um, what, what means do you use other than Instagram as far as, do you use anything else for advertising or? I don't. No. I, um, I suppose there's a little bit of like organic advertising between chefs. Because, um, right. you know, when, when a chef goes to a job, like, it's almost things of the past now because there there's not, not many chefs working. But when they get to work, they, they lay out their knife roll. Right, right. Um, you know, hopefully if your work stands out, chefs talk. Nice. And, and I, I get a lot of business like that, you know, people um, seeing knives that belong to other chefs and then making inquiries from that. But the vast majority of it is Instagram, to be honest um yeah it's just it's just such a such a decent platform to to run business through it's great well it's funny too because like a knife you know in some aspects could be just considered a rudimentary or a crude tool mm -hmm. but when you have beauty added to it it just turns into this thing of mystique and i think i don't know if it is a dual gender thing but i know for most men like a good looking knife is typically something that they lust towards yeah yeah definitely <clears throat> absolutely um, yeah it's it's well i'm sure with in the chef community too it that's got to be yeah. a, a it's a, a big thing, thing in, in the chef community because like you know you think about yourself if you're a if let's say you're a carpenter, you know, and you've got a you've right. got a, you're a rusty saw and and a hammer and and a box of rusty nails, versus you know a, a pass load gun, you know a, a nice skill saw, a proper dual yes. chop saw, you, the job's going to be incomparable. It's going to be absolutely yeah. awful one way, and and it's going to be you know quite nice the other way. And and it really is that way with a chef. If he's got something in his hand like that for sometimes an eight hour shift, um. You want to be enjoying what you're doing and, and it wants to be doing the job nicely and cleanly something you yeah. can use about versus something that's thick and and like blunt and the handle's all wrong and it's just oh, miserable so what time do you take or what time do you put into actually designing like your next edition or your next blade yeah it's it's very um 
I suppose it wouldn't be very often that I sit down to a, a piece of paper and I design something brand new. And um, quite often it would be, you know, it would have evolved from something I've been making, just gotcha. a slight change to it, you know. It just seems to go that way. Like even then, um, I was looking through my work there for the next 18 months, I suppose, yesterday. And um, I decided, like, I'm going to try and pare down my designs a little bit because, oh. you know, um, you can sort of pander to everybody's wants and you can do it that right. way. Or, or you can try and just try and funnel people a small bit more and actually work on, I, I picked six designs yesterday and I thought I'm going to try and um, push people a small bit towards sticking to these six designs because I can actually focus on each of these designs better than rather than, you know, okay, let's talk Such about you know, what you want. Yeah. yeah, and it's just a bit broad. So, yeah, just just very incremental changes to previous designs is, is the way I generally work it. Nice. I know um, I've been over to the, in Tokyo, I've been to the restaurant like strip where they have like all the knife stores and stuff like that. And you do see a lot of that where it's, um, it'll be a, you know, $2,000, $3,000 knife, but they only have like three styles of, of that yeah. maker's stuff. I th I think, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what they specialize in. And this person's known for this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Have and, you and done like, any? Oh, sorry. Go on. I was gonna say, have you done any like visiting other countries as far as now that you're in this knife making world to see what other how other countries do it? Or I, I haven't. Um, to be honest, uh, well, I, I've I've visited a number of knife makers around the country. Um, gotcha. Just called in, you know, whenever I was on holiday and I was within, yeah. let's say, twenty miles, I'd, I'd look them up and say. Because like it's a small community anyway, so you, you sort of know each other through the community. Um, just look them up and call in and and actually set eyes on what it's actually like in their little shop. You know, gotcha. that's been quite quite eye opening actually. It's been quite nice to to sort of not not just put a, a face to the name, um, but to actually see what the story is and see different people's approaches and you know invariably you'll you'll have your eyes open to something anyway yeah learn a little a little <laughs> something of how to make the process easier yeah yeah or even just different you know something where you think like oh yeah i don't, I don't do that his way is yeah. not particularly better than mine and mine isn't than his but i've never thought about that you know and you always right. learn something. yeah what is your favorite um material to work with then as far as i mean obviously steel but is there a type of steel or a no it's a good question because um you know steels would would fall into the two main brackets that people would know would be like carbon steel um and then stainless steel right so you know when we go to the shops now we're, we're sort of we're met with stainless steel all the time aren't we because you know it it, it doesn't rust easily and um blah 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 but like at the same right. time carbon steel sort of been done away with people have moved away from carbon steel because there was a, a degree of upkeep with it um and yet carbon steel is the one that i i really love um and i always have loved it like growing up we had a carbon steel knife in the house and as much as it might have looked like you know with heavy patina and stuff 
um, it was always sharp, like, and it was easy catch yeah. sharp. So, like, um, I, I, that always stuck with me, you know. And, and then when I started knife making, I, you, you, everybody generally starts making with carbon steel, and I just haven't stopped because, like, yeah, um, yeah and the, the 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 array of carbon steels is quite broad as well, and you can you can get some really tasty ones, like. Um, and I'm I'm working with one at the moment that I really love. It's very very high carbon, takes a really nice clean edge, um, nice and thin. And uh, and you can also what's called differentially heat treated, so you can get like um, hamons they're called on the blade, which is a Japanese technique, which is something that like that that's one thing that really caught my attention early on. Is that where they do like the mud or the clay yeah. like exactly. stuff on it, and then? Exactly. Heat it again with that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I, that that caught me early on where I thought like, oh, I want to try try and do that. And then once you try one, I just I just got the bug like. And um, yeah. this steel that I'm using is quite quite sort of uh, conducive to getting hamons. It's great. So, nice, um, nice. Yeah, and it's something that you can again, you know, hone your process. So right. I like that. You're not you're not making samurai swords, but at the same time you're no. making. Uh... Well, you are. You're actually employing the, the same sort of techniques as the lads who are. Right, making, right. But, you know, because, um, you know, people say like, what is it purely aesthetic or, or what like? But a hamon, like a, a softer spine compared to the hard edge, it actually does add some um, shock resistance to a knife. So it's not. Huh. It's, it's not completely just uh, aesthetic. It is actually right. Um, could beneficial to the to the um, the use of the knife. So. What's the biggest nice knife you've made? I, I don't generally go mad. Um, I, I I've made nine inch chef knives, so like nine inches the blade, you know, and then maybe a five right. inch handle. So it wouldn't there wouldn't be massive knives. Um, I've been asked to make all sorts of stuff, but I think like um, I view everything that I make as um, sort of an extension of what I'm trying to build, if that doesn't sound too arty. Um, no, no, no. You know, every, every, everything I make, I want to be looked at and people say like, yeah, that's, that's made by Sam Dunn. You know, rather than like making weird and wonderful things and, and losing, losing your sense of identity, if right. that makes sense. You're not making movie, like artistic, you know, swirl blades and all that nonsense. No, no. But I think every every knife maker in the world is, is asked to make those sort of wacky things as well. It looks like a friend. No, actually, French caves. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually really like your stuff because it is very clean. Um, even the even the way the handles are have like there's obviously ridges for you know holding it better, but they're they're clean like angled angular yeah. almost looking stuff, and it's I, I've always really appreciated that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, for handle material, what's the weirdest handle material you've used? Um, Have you done like some bone stuff and some? I haven't. I actually, I'm, I'm ordering some uh, ram horn at the moment because I want to try one with ram horn. But um, most of the bit is, you know, either like um, stabilized wood. So wood right. that's been wood that's been either just stabilized where it's. It has resin sucked into it, and it's baked, and it it sort of fills all those air um, pockets and air tubes with resin, and it's it's rock solid. Or um, 
dyed, stabilized wood where it has yeah. dye sucked in first and then it's stabilized. Or more composite based things like um, Tufnol and Makata and um, carbon fiber. And, you know, there's yeah. all sorts of all sorts of fancy materials out there. I, 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 again, I, I haven't experimented as much as maybe I should have done with, with the more um, natural things like horn and bone. Yeah. And, but, I, you know, I have, got, I have got plans. It's just getting there. You know, I, I want to try one with camel bone. Oh, camel okay. bone, it makes a lovely handle. I've seen it a couple of times, and every time I've seen it, I've thought, that looks tasty, you know. So um, I'll get some camel bone in the end. I think they, it's like the shin bone or something, and, and it looks really nice. Hmm. Well, it's, I mean, there, it's a big enough animal that that's got to be a pretty solid yeah. chunk of something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be to hold that up. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> other than bones, what other products do you got coming up? What do you, um, I saw one of your later, late, latest posts was, uh, it almost looked like, like a herringbone of, of knives, uh, yeah. laid out, uh, was that for a project or was that, um, just, a- yeah. So like, um, another thing that I've found over the, over the last couple of years is with Christmas orders, um, things get very sentimental and people get really, um, yeah, sentimental about the order, you know. So, like, can I have this and can I have that? And can you put this inscription on it? And can on this side, can you put that? And on that side. Uh... So this this <laughs> this this year, I thought, right, I don't really fancy taking all these sentimental orders so much. And it's not bite the hand that feeds the mouth. I'm not doing that. But if right. I can sort of um, take a limited number of those sentimental ones, and then I'll I'll do a batch in gotcha. November, and if people want to buy them as stocking fillers, they can. I'll keep them reasonably priced, and that'll that'll be me for my Christmas work. So I thought, right, I'll do that, and that's what I did. I made a batch, um, and yeah, they got snapped up fairly quickly, which is good. And I still have nice. a couple of Christmas orders to do, but I'm not stuck with you know um, twenty Christmas orders, which each one you have to do loads of communicating yeah. and um, loads of drawing and. Or it, it it just gets out of hand very quickly, you know. Yeah. So um, I just tried to like again whittle it down a little bit, and uh, I, I can spend more time in the workshop and less time on the phone. That's makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so you started off doing this on your holiday after Christmas. <laughs> your time. <laughs> do you, do you, are you still stuck doing knives during that time now? That time off, or do you actually get some time off? Yeah, well, that, that's the thing, you know, um, they say do something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, and, and I love the knife making. I love it. Um, so like, yeah, this Christmas when everything's come to a standstill, I will still be in the workshop. Um, I've got a couple of things planned for next year, which I haven't. Um, Big swirly knives. We got it. Okay, we're looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big swelly knives for next year. They're going all apocalypse knives next year. But um, yeah, no, I, I have a, a couple of things I want to work on. I have a couple of designs drawn up that I've um, I've been meaning to try for a little while, but I haven't got the chance. So this this Christmas in January, I'll be working on uh, new stuff. Nice. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Well, um, any questions uh, from my direction? Any anything I can send you from the states? Uh, I can I got an Amazon on call here in the Seattle. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I don't even know. Like, it, how much is it to ship from America? I was talking to a fellow yesterday, and he seemed to think that the shipping rates from America were quite good uh, elsewhere. Oh, you mean like from here to Ireland? Mm. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I guess I could ask Neil. Um, I have a really good friend from uh, Dublin. Uh, he lives in Montana actually now. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> that's Neil McShay. Yeah. I know Neil. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was over in County, County Clare, I think. That's where he grew okay. up. Which is, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. I suppose, three counties up from me. Okay. So again, West Coast. Nice. But um, yeah, lovely. Yeah, I don't know if you have, have you ever seen um, Father Ted? <laughs> That, that kind so, of uh, yeah that's that's my only that's my only ireland con- connection on this side of things uh but uh who knows when this uh nonsense is over maybe i'll maybe i'll uh head over to the green uh on your side yeah well you're always welcome if you're ever this this side of the pond look us up yeah for sure for sure well this has been a lot of fun man um i'm looking forward to seeing some of your new stuff and uh who knows maybe i'll save a couple bucks here and there and even buy something for you. <laughs> And thanks very much for having me on as well. I appreciate it. And um, I, I respect what you're doing with, with um, this. What, would you, what, would you, what do you call it? Do you call it a podcast or do you call it? It's a podcast, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a video cast. I don't know. It's <clears throat> yeah, because it's YouTube it nonsense. Like, I, I think it's interesting because, like, you know, um, I find myself listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, and one of the ones I like the most is Joe Rogan, obviously, because everybody likes Joe Rogan. But it's right, because right. of the video. Yeah. I quite often, if, if, he's, if he's got someone engaging on, you know, I'll, I'll quite often turn on the phone screen and actually watch the interview, albeit like in a distracted fashion, just because right. it, does, it does make a difference. It is an extra sense, isn't it? To, yeah. To, well, um, you can see the interaction between the people. Yeah. You yeah. Can, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I, really, I really think that this is, um, it's a growing it's a growing thing over on the States, especially a lot of uh, actors now do it. And a lot of comedians do it. Yeah. Um, which I am neither of those, but <laughs> I do have a lot of people that I enjoy talking to as far as um, artists and people yeah. that have always amazed me with their abilities and their skills. So that's really what I'm trying to entertain is just that, that personal amazement or that personal enjoyment I have from those crafters or those makers um, to a inspire me a little bit, but also um, let the other, the rest of the world, you know, see what I've seen in them and and their work. So, yeah, that's what we're trying to do here. Really, you're doing a nice job. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, uh, that being that, uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and I'm going to go to bed. Sounds and, good. Uh, thanks for watching Test Plug. Thank you. All right, Jeremy. 